back to the Get Your Happy On Hour on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hey, we back. 93.7 tickets to get you happy on our man. Look at here. I got Boyd Epley in the house, y'all. Hey, but let me tell y'all something before we get back to Boyd. I see I got Brad Taylor, Ernest Taylor tuned in, man. That's what I'm talking about right there. My homeboy showing love from Texas means the world to me. Thank y'all, man. Hey, but listen, we was talking about about how you became the man. Tell us what happened after you became the man, boy. Well, I got a call while I was in the weight room at uh, the field house, and the trainer came and he said, uh, you have a phone call. I said, nobody knows who I am. You know, well, Who would be calling? He says, it's Tom Osborne. Get in there and take this call. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, bro. <laughs> yeah. So I go in there, and uh, Tom said, I wonder if you would come over to my office. So I wasn't sure if I was in trouble or something. <laughs> so I go to his office, and he said, um, I've noticed the players – uh, that have begun into the weight room injured are coming back to practice and they're, they're stronger, healthier. Uh, we appreciate what you're doing for them. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to help the whole team. I said, coach, you don't have enough equipment and the equipment you do have is basically pretty bad. <laughs> Putting it mildly. Yeah. And he said, well, could you make a list for me of what we need? And I'm sure we could you know, buy some. So I said, okay, I'll bring you the list tomorrow. So I went back and made a list of major racks and things I thought would help. But I didn't list a bunch of little things like dumbbells or pulleys, just the big stuff. Right. And I brought the list over to him and handed it to him. And he said, uh, this is it. And I said, yeah. And uh, he hands it to the secretary and said, order this. And I wow. go, uh, uh, coach, co- uh, coach, uh, I forgot the <laughs> second page. Said <laughs> so there's more. <laughs> yeah. And he laughed. He goes, okay, bring me the second page tomorrow. As uh, I didn't realize he was going to do all that. He was serious. So I went back and added the things that uh, would make a complete weight room, the dumbbells and pulleys and things. Uh, uh, not the major stuff, but the supplemental things that I thought they needed. So I come back the next day and hand him that list. And he said, now this is it now, right? And I said, <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, for now. Yeah. And I said, but coach, you don't have room to do this in that space. And he, he goes, well, I meant to tell you the other day, we could tear the wall down on the other side is a classroom that I use to show film to the receivers. You could have that space except at three o'clock when I need to show the film. The rest of the day, you could have it as a weight room. Huh. I said, perfect. He goes, okay, now we need to go in and see Bob. I go, Bob? He goes, yeah, Bob Devaney, the head coach, <laughs> athletic director, the most powerful guy in the state of Nebraska, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I go, okay. So we go in there, and Tom says, um, well, first of all, Bob, Bob says, Tom, how are you doing? Yeah. And he's, I'm standing there and Tom introduces me. He goes, well, yeah, I've seen you in the weight room. How are you doing? You know, and uh, Boyd thinks we should have the football team start lifting weights. And he looks at me, he goes, why would we want to do that? So I don't know of any other team in the country that's lifting weights like that. 
my friend Duffy Doherty at Michigan State, good friend, they don't lift weights. Why would we want to do that? Then they both looked at me. <laughs> Here comes the pressure now. <laughs> I have no idea what I said because I was scared, shaken. But I remember what he said. He says, all right, we'll give this a try because Tom thinks it's important. But if anyone gets slower, you're fired. <laughs> Man, no Here pressure. I was, I was no still pressure. a student. Yeah. No, <laughs> no pressure. I hadn't graduated yet because they registered me. Right. And so I was still taking uh, classes. And uh, so I went over to the PE department. The chairman was a really nice guy, Dr. Tharp. And uh, I asked him if they had any stopwatches because we needed to time the football players so I could show them that they're getting faster. Showing the progress. I yeah. Got you. And uh, if anyone got slower, I probably wouldn't have told them any. But <laughs> <laughs> No, it probably wouldn't have been <laughs> yeah, smart for your yeah. employment history anyway. But uh, they gave me a stopwatch. And later on, I went to the engineering department a couple years later. And they created electronic timing at Nebraska. Okay. And uh, after about 20 years when that that timer got old and the wire started touching the metal box and start shorting out, I went back to the engineering department and uh, created a new version of an electronic timer that sends a signal to your phone or to any any scoreboard or anything. And that's, uh, that's now called Dasher, D-A-S-H-R. Oh, wow. Okay. Two engineers from Nebraska. So Nebraska created electronic timing. I helped wow, the NFL I get electronic timing. Um, helped a lot of people get electronic timing so we'd have more accurate times. Because what was happening back then, when I timed, I'd have to have two coaches on a lane. They'd run, a kid would run 40 yards, but it'd have to have two coaches. And they would average the times. So you wouldn't actually get an exact time. You got an average of what those two coaches said. And uh, if they recruited you, like, uh, say, John Melton, for example, okay. you ran a 4-4. <laughs> Didn't matter who you were. If he recruited you, <laughs> the chances are you're going to run a 4-4. Yeah, you, you got a great time. <laughs> yeah. So then after they ran in that lane, we had the athlete or either way, the coaches moved to a different lane or the athletes moved to a different lane, whichever so that they got timed in three different lanes by two different coaches in each lane. So six coaches timed them. And then they got an average of all that. That's because otherwise hand timing is not even close to mm -hmm. being accurate. Right. Well, boy, I got to ask you this. Uh, when you became the full-time graduate, or you graduated and became the full-time head strength and conditioning coach, is that correct? Yep. Well, now... Now that we're on this subject, <laughs> hey, now, I got a bone to pick with Boyd, you know. I mean, this is I've been been wanting to say to him for a long time. But first, I got to let Boyd explain to you. He know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I showed up at the University of Nebraska in 1979. Yeah. And uh, I kind of, you know, confidence was not an issue. I thought, you know, I, I was pretty confident in, in my abilities. And uh, I think I should just let you tell it. You had a drill. Well, we years ago when I started, Nebraska had a test in place um, to make sure your heart and lungs work properly. Or if you had an issue, you wouldn't be able to practice. 
So it was more of a medical thing. And at one time it was a 12 minute run. And then it got shortened to a mile and a half run. And I didn't like that because there is no aerobic component in the sport of football. People think you got to be in shape. You got to run, run, run. You got to be in shape for about five seconds. Right. Football is a burst sport. It has nothing to do with the aerobic system. It's an anaerobic system that controls football. It's a burst. And about 50 seconds later, you have another play. You're fully recovered. Your energy tank is full, and you got a full burst of power each play if you do it right, if you right. train correctly. But if you go out and run miles and miles, you're not going to have that power. And at that time, coaches didn't know that. And athletes didn't know that. So they were Nebraska was requiring the football players to run at one time 12-minute run, then a mile and a half. I didn't like that, so I called around. And Alabama was doing something called a 300-yard shuttle. Oh, my goodness. Y'all listen up to this right here. So <laughs> we, gave, we decided to give that a try because it's shorter. And what you did is you ran six laps, 25 yards, 300 yards total. And then you rested five minutes and you ran it again to see whether your heart and lungs were recovered enough properly to run it again. Well, somehow in – in your freshman year, you didn't hear me say <laughs> that we're going to run this twice because you weren't paying attention. No, I wasn't paying attention. That's on me. That's because on me. you ran your first one in like a record time, <laughs> not knowing you had to run it again five minutes later. <laughs> well, then we about had to get a stretcher out <laughs> when you tried to run it the second time. About killed you. Yeah, man, you know, I'm going to tell y'all something. He's not lying because I did not hear twice. I heard, hey, we're going to run this shuttle. So I'm thinking, man, I can run. I can do that. You know, I'm from Greenville, Texas. I know I can run. Man, I ran. And everybody was all you know excited about how fast I was running this. Boy was just looking at me. He wasn't really <laughs> saying nothing. He was just looking at me. I thought I was done. I said, well, I done ran the fastest 300 shuttle ever Ricky, you're up. Yeah. You're, you're next. Yeah, I mean, I go over there and sit down. He tell me, hey, Ricky, you got to do that again. Oh, no. Man. <laughs> <laughs> man. But anyway, didn't didn't later on, didn't I think Adam Carriker? Adam Carriker. Yeah. Defensive Adam. lineman, big guy. He had the same issue. He had the same problem. And so I said, this is too dangerous. So we uh, – we stopped doing that until we could find something that we were more confident in that would serve the purpose of identifying whether heart and lungs are working properly for, for that sport. Dr. Albers worked with Mike Arthur to get something revised okay. to, where, Mike Arthur. Okay. to where it's based on their body weight now. And uh, it's a lot safer deal. It's not a max thing. It's a mi- You have to be able to do a minimum. It's not a maximum. Okay. It's a lot safer deal now because you and Adam uh, pointed out that this thing <laughs> should have no part of football. <laughs> hey, well, look here, man. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Y'all need to understand this. When you first get here and you're not paying attention, this is what happened. Because I really did not know I was going to have to run that a second time. I mean, I thought after I set this record for running the fastest shuttle, I thought, you know, okay, 
I'm here. Everybody knows my name now, and I'm the man. You know, kind of like boy when he lifted that fire. <laughs> I thought I was the man. I didn't know he was going to call my name and say, hey, Ricky, you up again. And, and it did. It nearly took me out because I don't know if I even was able to finish it. Well, this whole area has been confusing because there are a lot of people out there till, still today that think aerobic conditioning, distance running, is needed for football. And it is not. It's the opposite. There was a man in, in Texas, Dallas, uh, named Ken Cooper, I think his name was, that did the aerobic craze and got millions of people interested in doing distance running for the purpose of strengthening their heart and lungs. And so there's value for that. Okay. But football is, is a different animal. It's a burst sport. Think of it that way. And when Adrian Fiala, a former Nebraska football and baseball player, wrote a book, he pointed out that when Nebraska struggled, they in 65, I think they played for a national title against Arkansas, and I wasn't involved. But then the next two years, someone, I wasn't here then, told them they needed to do all this distance running to get in better shape because they got beat by Arkansas. And what it did was made them weaker, slower, and they went six and four two years in a row in 67 and 68. They got beat by Oklahoma like oh, 49 to nothing or something on national TV. Oh, not good. And they not were looking good. for help in 69. And so that all that aerobic thing kind of helped lead to me having an opportunity to fix that. And we got you it did, fixed right away. You did fix it. And I want to be the first to say this. Uh, Boyd is is solely responsible for me lettering five years at Nebraska, three in football and two in track. Now, let me tell you the story about the two in track. That was the only way I could get out of winter conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) But boy, had people putting in work in winter conditioning. So that's how I know Frank Savine. I would go, I, I went over and ran the 60. That was a little easier than that winter conditioning. Now, I know the value of the winter conditioning. I'm not putting it down, but, man, hey, boy, you've you been at this for a minute, and you you got the best out of a lot of athletes, man, including me. But, you know, one thing I was noticing, too, though, <clears throat> over your time as, as a, the head strength coach and conditioning coach, Nebraska had a lot of success. Well, we went to 35 bowl games in a row. And the worst we did was nine wins in a season. We tallied them up and we won 356 games in 35 years. Wow. Did y'all hear that? But that, <laughs> that wasn't, I didn't coach a single game. That was Tom Osborne. Yeah, but, but you, put the, you, put the, you got the players ready to play. We, uh, we did because they wanted to get ready. Yes. They, they were great to work with. And I, Early on, I kind of looked at who should who should I focus on, because I didn't have a lot of help early on. Later on, I had a tremendous staff. Right. But in my early years, I didn't have so many people, and if I did, they were volunteers. So I focused on the linemen, and I actually worked out with them. And for several years, I was stronger than any of them. Wow. And that motivated them to try to beat me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> boy, beat you. But when a guy like Dave Remington came along, then yeah, I had to kind of take a back seat. <laughs> yeah, Dave. He I was think powerful. That, I think Dave can lift the whole weight room. 
Hey, you guys stay with us, man. We'll be right back on the Get Your Happy On Hour. We're going to take one more break, and we'll be back with more with Boyd. Y'all stay with us, and thank you guys for listening in. <laughs> 